Well, welcome to church. One of these 22 folks getting baptized is our baby boy, Wakely. He's getting baptized. He's so pumped. And he was telling people, he was telling people at school today, and his music teacher came tonight. So give it up for Wakely's music teacher, woman of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Tonight we're starting a seven-week series called Praying with Jesus. And we're going to be going through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, which is right in the very center of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' great sermon. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to read Matthew 6, 5 through 13, and then I'll pray, and then we'll jump in. So hear the word of the Lord coming from Jesus. These are red letters. If you got the old King James, Jesus is talking Matthew 6, 5 through 13, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Jesus says, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Everyone say many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. And join me in praying it together. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven, sorry, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, speak to us. What else do we have if we don't have your word? What else do we have if we're sort of flailing about in this, on this planet just trying to wander aimlessly? We need to be directed by you tonight. And so we say, Spirit of the living Lord Jesus, move among us tonight. Walk these aisles and walk our hearts and transform us and enliven us and shape us and renew us and forgive us and make us your people afresh, we pray. Jesus, have your way. We pray may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, and we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Prayer. Prayer is the thing that we all know we're supposed to do, but very few of us feel equipped to do it. I remember being the young kid growing up as a pastor's kid. and My parents prayed and we would, we would have these beautiful nights where they would tuck us in and they would lay hands on us and speak the word of God over us. And I'd go to Christian school and we prayed and it was beautiful. But if I was honest, when I would sort of find myself alone, knowing that I should be praying very often, I wondered like, what am I supposed to do? How do, I, how do I do this thing, use this tool that Jesus has given us? Have you ever felt like you knew you were supposed to pray, but you weren't always sure 
how to do it. In Luke chapter 11, the disciples came to Jesus feeling this same way and they said, Lord, please teach us to pray. We're watching you and you're going about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil and you take bread and break it and and five loaves and two fish feed 20,000 people and Jesus, you've got this extra gear that we don't even know about and you've got power and authority that we've never imagined. Lord, would you show us what that is like. Lord, teach us to pray. We're going to do a seven-week journey through the seven phrases found in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, as we read this text at the beginning, is correcting two groups of people, the hypocrites who want to make prayer about their public piety. Oh, if you knew how such a big deal I am and I've got a direct line access to heaven, the bat phone is uh, it's just me. I just know how to do this and I love to pray on the street corners and in the synagogues for people to think how great of a person that is. The hypocrites, but there's also the pagans and they just fill up the earth with their words because they aren't really sure. If you ask them in the quiet of night, do you think God is listening? Is there someone out there? No, so we have to convince heaven to to open up to us. We have to sort of pierce the darkness with our many words and maybe something good will happen. Jesus is correcting these two groups of people because they're praying wrongly. So the question is, how do we pray? Week number one, Jesus puts the words on our lips. Our Father in heaven. Everyone say Father. Father. Our Father in heaven. From early on, God the Father has been caring for his people. And in the beginning, he creates and he sees that it's good. And Adam and Eve, and he breathes the breath of life into them. And, and, and he turns them loose on the garden. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. There's goodness everywhere. God is taking care of his creation. And from early on, he wants his people to know that they are his children. We see in Exodus chapter 4, the great iconic story of Moses is on the backside of the wilderness in Midian. And the people of God have been slaves in Egypt for so long. And God comes to Moses in the burning bush. And then he finally says to him in Exodus 4, the Lord says to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders that I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will, he will not let the people go. And then say this to Pharaoh. This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. This is God in heaven saying what he thinks about his people. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, Pharaoh, let my son go so that he may worship me. This is my firstborn son. I remember standing over my, my daughter Lillian at the hospital just minutes after she was born and then Wilson at the hospital just minutes after he was born and Wakely at the hospital minutes after he was born and Lisa and I looking at each other just smitten with love for this human being that was in Lisa's womb and now is in the world and we would just, God, thank you so much. My firstborn daughter, my firstborn son, my secondborn son, how could it get any better than this? God says, of Israel, you are my child. I love you, I'm crazy about you, but Israel, it it took them a while. They didn't get it. We human beings, God keeps coming at us with his love, but very often we rebuff him. We push him away. We try to find other outlets. We try to fill that, that meaning bucket in different ways, but God keeps saying, you're my children, but Israel didn't get it. In fact, nowhere in the Old Testament had anyone prayed to God 
as their father. Isn't that interesting? Israel's my firstborn son. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Uh, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And I'm coming to rip you out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and into the promised land. I'm crazy about you. A land flowing with milk and honey. And somehow it just couldn't break through their skulls and into their souls that God is our father. They prayed to to God as, as God of my master, Abraham. Oh Lord, God of my master, Abraham. God of my father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Second Chronicles, oh Lord, our God. These were pious people and they wanted to try to do it right, but they couldn't hear, you are my firstborn son, and then respond with father. In fact, in, uh, another prayer that they would pray in Psalm 90, uh, 97, Baruch Haolam, blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. They were, they were looking up, but they still hadn't gotten father into their souls. They were driven by harsh Egyptian slave masters, so father hadn't yet entered into their vocabulary. So long comes Jesus right in the middle of human history. And what was Jesus' ministry? What, would, what was Jesus coming to do? I want to suggest that the Son of God, Jesus, comes into human history to introduce us to the fatherhood of God. <laughs> the Son of God says, let me show you. Let me show you just how much the Father loves you. The Father loves you so much that he gave his one and only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus The son came into history to be a gateway for us to walk into sonship, into daughterhood in in the face of the fatherhood of God. Jesus, the son, was coming to retrain the world in being children of the father in heaven. And Jesus, what does he say? In the gospels, it's recorded 142 times. Jesus says, father, 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 father. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, make us one. Father, Jesus, 142 times in these four books, he's just just Father all over the place. He's crying it out. And when he prays, he only uses the word Father. He goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood calling on his father. You know he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration, swept up into the presence of his father. He's doing good and healing and feeding and he's tired and he sneaks away to the hills to pray. And you know he takes a nap in the presence of his father, calling for restoration. Jesus prays, calling on his father. And Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to live in us. Jesus says, I'm going away to be with my father and it's better for you that I go away. For when I go away, I'll send you the counselor, the comforter, the paraclete, the one that will come alongside you to help you. And do you know what the work of the Holy Spirit is? Let me read to you from the Apostle Paul in Galatians 4. Out of the message translation, this is the work of the Spirit. Paul says, you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because... God sent the spirit of his son, you see this, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of his son, Jesus, into our lives crying out, and this is the work of the spirit, crying out, Papa, Father, Abba, Father. When the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, we begin to cry, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave anymore? You've gotten Egypt out of your system but you're a child. And if you are a child, 
you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. The question is, what does the Holy Spirit do? What is the work of the Holy Spirit? The answer is that the Holy Spirit awakens the Abba cry in all of us. The work of the Spirit is to awaken the Abba cry in all of us. Jesus corrected the babbling pagans early at the beginning of this prayer. Why? Because here's how the pagans would pray. We know the religious, pious folks who wanted to be sort of heroes because of their piety. But Jesus corrects the pagans because they're just babbling on. They're filling up the, word, the world with their words. And they sort of prayed to these subcontracted deities. And they were like playing the slot machine, trying to open up the heavens. You know, put a quarter in and then pray a prayer and pray a prayer and pray a prayer and just pray a bunch of prayers and call on different names. And oh God of, of uh, the sun, we, we call on you. And oh God of the rain, we call on you. And oh God of fertility, we call on you. And oh God of war, we call on you. And oh God, we just don't really know. It's pin the tail on the deity. And so we're just gonna throw a bunch of stuff out there and see what sticks They were playing slot machines, trying to get the attention of heaven. And Jesus says, would you, would you quit that? Do you know there's a father for you? Imagine if our kids came to us and we got these three kids right over here ready to celebrate Wakely getting baptized. They came to me and Lisa, oh, benevolent parental custodians of of our lives. We, We pray to thee, you know, we beseech thee for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, gracious carpool drivers to church and to soccer and to school and to basketball and to Uber us all over the kingdom come. Oh, we beseech thee, would you please take us? You know, uh, like, yeah. oh, majestic man and, and woman that keep the pantry full, we beseech thee, you know, keep working hard so that we can eat. Do you know the key to my heart? The key to my heart is, hey, dad. Hey, dad, I love you. Hey, Dad, can I have some Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Ah, sure. Hey, Dad, can you lay in bed with me and tickle my back? Sure. Hey, Dad, can you come shoot hoops with me outside? Yeah, I can. Why? Because Father unlocks my heart. Dad unlocks my heart. My children looking me in the eyes with with trust in benevolence unlocks my heart. Them coming to me and to Lisa with the expectation that they're not going to meet antagonism. They're going to meet kindness. They're going to meet compassion. They're going to meet generosity. They're going to meet unending love. It doesn't matter what they do. They will never work themselves out of our love. They could try as best they can. We will love you till we die, kids. Why? Because we are father, we are mother. And if Jesus says, in Matthew 7 that if we as imperfect earthly parents feel these things about our kids, how much more does our Father in heaven? Father, Father, Father. Thank you, baby. Love you. Sweet faith over there. It's good to be loved. I was waiting for Lisa to yell that, but uh, <laughs> appreciate you, Faith. <sighs> I've been praying the Lord's Prayer all my life, and I don't think I realized 
the importance of holy routines. For me, I, I, I kind of grew up like, oh, you know, communion, that's what Catholics do. And, uh, yeah. The Lord's Prayer, would you pray? Like, the importance of holy routines. And as I've gotten older, I pray every day, this then is how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, 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 who art in heaven. And, and as every single day I drive the kids into school, this is our routine. And we know where we hit on the road. We take a turn. And I said, the kids, we, we rotate every day. Lillian will say it one day. This then is how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. And we'll go, our Father. Who are, and then Wilson will get it the next day. This then is how the Lord Jesus taught our Father. Who are, the next day, this then is how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray. <laughs> Wakely. It's kind of that prepubescent thing, you know? It's my favorite thing. And we say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And then I say, and now, Lord, would you bless my children and keep them? And would you make your face to shine upon them, be gracious to them? Lord, lift your countenance upon them and grant them peace. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then we pull into the school and they get out and say, go get them in the name of Jesus. Go be missionaries, kids, in the name of Jesus. Why do I pray that prayer with my children every day and with my wife every day? Because there's going to come a day when I will not be there as their father. I'm aware of this, that my time with them is, is, is a gift and I want to take every day, but there's going to be a day where I enter into my rest and I'm no longer with them. And I want them to know that the truest fatherhood is the fatherhood of God that will never stop. It will never leave them. It will never forsake them. It will always provide for them. Our father, father, father who art in heaven. I want to challenge you this week because very often we overcomplicate prayer. I want to challenge you to take seven days. Some of you just need a, an easy entry point into the life of prayer. You need an on-ramp into the life of prayer. Here, here's what I do. Sometimes what I've noticed about people who are mature in the faith is that the older they get, the simpler their prayer becomes. Because they don't have to babble like pagans. They're not playing the slot machine with the heavenlies. They just know who he is and that he's not a moving target and that he can be depended upon and that he is father and he's trustworthy. And so as you come into prayer, some of you are needing an easy on-ramp. I'll tell you for the next seven days, get up in the morning and come into the presence of the Lord and say, our father. Pray the Lord's prayer and then come back to it. And think about your most important people. I pray over the four parents in my life, my in-laws and my parents every morning. Lisa and I do. And Father, David and Becky, be good to my parents today. Father, be good to Larry and Linda today. Abba, overwhelm them with your kindness. Abba, Lillian and Wilson and Wakeley, flood them with your mercy. Give them your joy today. Abba, take care of this woman, Lisa Carol Grothy. My dear bride, Lord, bless her and give her everything that she needs. Abba, for the Davises and Abba, for the Tistammers. Abba, for the Funks and Abba, for the Goulds. And Abba, Lord, I, I pray for Jim and Janine. Would you just be their Abba today and give them everything they need? It, it, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Bring your most important people into the presence presence of Abba and, and trust that he's going to be good to them, our Father who art in heaven. This is how Jesus teaches us to pray. He roots us in the fatherhood of God. The second thing that I want you to see in this prayer is that Jesus teaches us to pray our Father. 
There are no first person singulars in this prayer. Hey God, I just, and I, I don't know if you know this, I'm sort of a big deal and thank you for being at my beck and call and thank you for this moment where you can sort of get my agenda for the day and then go make it happen. Bless you and, and, and I don't know if how blessed you know that you are to have me on your team, but I am such a big deal around here. It does, there's none of that in the Lord's Prayer. It's our Father who art in heaven. No me's and no my's and no I's. It's give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as you teach us to forgive those who've sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. The plural pronouns suggest a people. They suggest a church. They suggest a community. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, you don't just get a father, you get a whole lot of sisters and brothers. Our father. Today we did a funeral. I officiated a funeral with my dad for a man who's been a member at New Life for 30 years. 2 to 4 p.m. right here in this room. John Van Tassel, a man of God, four sons, and he used to lead our Royal Rangers around here, a basketball coach in town, Air Academy won a state championship, just a, just a, a stallion of a man of God, six, seven, just an oak of righteousness. You're with John and you know you're loved. You're with John and you know you're affirmed. You're with John and you know someone's proud of you and someone's on your team and We celebrated him today and this room was filled with people. Why? Because these are people who have learned to pray our father. We're walking with this family through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because the Van Tassels lived as if they were a part of a people and they served and they went to the hospital and they fed the needy and they clothed the naked and they paid for people's mortgages when when it was a tough month. They stepped into those moments and now it's their turn to receive the blessing and the strength of the body of Christ. Why? Because we know that Jesus taught us to pray, not my father, but our father who art in heaven. To pray the Lord's Prayer is to be caught up into a people. The family of faith has made my life. I, I just do not know who I would be without the church. I shudder to think what my life would have become like without the church. One of the greatest gifts, and I think maybe it is the greatest gift my parents gave me and my three sisters, is they raised us in the community of faith. And we were there all the time. And we had 25 aunties and uncles who could encourage us and then who could paddle us. (laughs) That was back in the day when you could paddle people, right? I'm sorry. Don't tell DHS. 35 years ago, I had extended people who could discipline me. And you know, some of y'all need that. <laughs> let's just say, let's just be honest. Some of y'all need someone to spank your booty. My wife is going, land the plane, stop this. Quit talking about discipline. But the church of Jesus Christ is social capital. When our family was faltering, we had people come and pick us up and then we were strong and then they faltered and we came and we picked them up and 38 years of living this life, somehow in every season of my life, I've had everything I've needed. I've never lacked anything. All the encouragement and all the strength of faith and people speaking life over me and people helping us raise our children and people helping bury the the elderly and raise up those who are are gonna care Carry the church forward into the future. Friends, do you know the gift of praying our Father who art in heaven? We live in a really lonely world. 
Isn't it ironic that you go to the developing world, you go to the global south, you go to the third world where people are impoverished financially and there's joy. Why? Because they're living in the life of the community of saints. And you come to the first world west and our pockets are deeper than any society in history. And you look at a lot of people and they're a shell of a human being and they have everything they technically should need but they don't have the thing that brings deep abiding peace and joy, which is the fatherhood of God and the saints, our father. I'm challenging you today to reclaim the life of the people of God. See Jesus in the Lord's prayer. It shows us Jesus's insistence upon refamilying the world. Our father. He's here to refamily the world. Two things I want you to see tonight. As Jesus teaches us to pray in this first little phrase, we learn to submit ourselves to the fatherhood of God and to sink back and relax into his presence. We are not playing slots with heaven. We're, we're, we're under the safe care of the father. The second thing is that Jesus teaches us to keep our eyes open for our brothers and sisters and to hold each other's arms and to walk with each other into the, into the life that will never stop. We can walk this pilgrimage together and we can be rich and we can be strong and we can be joyful and we can have the community of faith that will keep us until that great day when Jesus finally makes all things new. There is no reason for us to be lonely on this side of eternity. Why? Because Jesus has refamilied us among the people of God that is being protected by our Father who art in heaven. Can you say amen tonight? Would you stand with me tonight? What we're going to do before we baptize folks is we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together afresh. Each week we're going to pray this as the family of God. And maybe you came with someone tonight. Maybe, maybe you're with a child or maybe you're with a spouse or maybe you're with a dear friend and you've got that kind of a relationship where you could you know, hook arms or something or hold hands or lay your hand on their shoulder. If you're not, or if you're just not comfortable with that, say, step off me, bro. You know, that's totally fine if you need to do that. But if, if there's someone there that you know that you can do that with comfortably and you don't have to ask that permission, would you just, would you do that? And what I want us to do is to close our eyes and I want us to put ourselves in the presence of the Father and just begin to say, Abba, Father, we trust you. We depend on you. We need you. You are all we have. You're our protector. You're our provider. You're our shield and our defense. You're our strong tower. We run into your name and we find safety because you're our Father. And Lord, I pray tonight that as we pray this, every bit of crippling loneliness would be broken off of us. Every sense of walking through this world alone would be checked at bay and driven out that the enemy would be driven out from among us. And that the psalmist said that God is the God who sets the lonely into families. I pray tonight that we would be refamilied among your people. And so church, would you open your eyes now? If you know these words, you can pray it by heart. Or if you don't, you can follow it here on the screen. And let's pray these words together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you grab your seats one more time? I know we're going out of order tonight. But now I want to call up all of the baptismal candidates, all the people who are gonna go into the waters of baptism. And as they come, I want you to erupt as New Life Friday night and give them your love. Thank you, David. slide up. Jesus calls us to pray our Father, but baptism is when we hear my child. We've talked about praying our Father who art in heaven. We, we look up, but baptism is the moment where heaven says over you, this is my daughter whom I love. This is my son whom I love. In this one, I am well pleased. Look at Matthew chapter 3. It says that as soon as Jesus was baptized, do you guys know that Jesus himself was baptized? You know that? So Jesus was baptized, and as soon as he was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said this, and I want all of you to hear this and to never forget it. A voice from heaven was heard saying, this is my son whom I love. This is my daughter whom I love. And with this one, I am well pleased. Guys, gals, tonight you're going to be able to walk this road of faith, not because you're strong, not because you're awesome, though you are awesome. You're gonna be able to walk this road of faith because the father says over you tonight and claims you afresh, this is my child and I will be your father forever and ever tonight you hear the voice from heaven saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I will always love you. Can you say amen tonight, congregation? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go down here in the congregation and I'm gonna ask you four questions. These questions have been being asked at least since 100 AD. So that's 1900 years. As Christians would go get baptized, the saints would ask new people who were professing their faith in Jesus. They would ask them these four questions. We've got that in Christian history. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you those four questions. What I want you to know is you're partaking in something that is centuries old and continents wide. This is not an American thing. This is a body of Christ thing. People all over the world speaking different tongues from different tribes, different languages, different people groups have been saying yes to Jesus since Jesus came. 
And tonight you are entering into that centuries old and continents wide story. I'm gonna go down here and ask you four questions. And what you're gonna do is at the end, if you agree with that statement, if you believe that question, I'll say, if so, please say, I do. And you're gonna give me a hearty. That's not hearty enough, okay? A hearty. Okay, very good. Question number one. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth? If so, please say, I do. Come on, church, let's give it up. You're professing your faith. This second one is the longest one, so just bear with me, okay? Do you believe in Christ Jesus, that he's the son of God, that he's eternally begotten of the Father. That means he, he has always been, that he's eternally begotten of the Father, that Jesus is true God from true God, that he's begotten, not made, that Jesus is of one being with the Father and through Jesus, all things were made. Do you believe that Jesus came down from heaven and that he was born of the Holy Spirit and that he was born of the Virgin Mary and was made man? Do you believe that Jesus was crucified and that he died and that he rose again at the third day? Do you believe that Jesus is the living one from among the dead? And do you believe that he ascended unto heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father? And do you believe that Jesus will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead? If so, please say, I do. Come on, church. They believe in Jesus. <laughs> Third question, do you believe in the Holy Spirit who produces the Abba cry? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, that he's the giver of life and that he proceeds from the Father? If you do believe in the Holy Spirit, please say, I do. Come on, church. Fourth question. Do you believe in these people? Do you believe in the life of the Holy Church here and around the world? Do you believe that there's the body of Christ? Do you believe in the forgiveness of sins? That when you go down in the water tonight, that all your old story is being washed away and that as you come up, newness and resurrection is your story. And do you believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? If so, please say, I do. Come on, church. And now, church, would you stand with me? And you're going to pray over them now. So they have made their public declaration of faith to you. They've said, I do, I do, I do, I do. And now tonight, I want you to stretch out your hands and pray over their future. I want you to pray that these would be people of God. I want you to pray that Jesus would lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. Pray that God would keep them for all their days and make them strong. And so, Lord, we pray over these people, your children whom you love, the ones in whom you are well pleased. And we pray, Lord, let every single day of their life be a day where they know how loved they are by God, the Father. I pray that they would live as children under your care. I pray, Lord, that you would keep them strong in body and in mind 
and in spirit all the days of their lives. I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Pray that you would mark them forever. Pray they would never be able to get away from knowing how loved they are. I pray that Psalm 1 would be true for them, that whatever they touch, it would prosper. I pray they would be like trees planted by streams of living water that bear fruit in every season and whose leaves never wither. And Lord, let them prosper. I pray that you would give them good friends all the days of their lives, Lord. Pray that you would send angels to surround them and to guard them and to keep them safe in all their ways. Lift them up in their hands so that they will not dash their feet against stones. Lord, keep these ones from falling. Come on, church, pray with me tonight. Lord, keep them from falling. Keep them from falling, Lord. Fill them with the power of your kingdom, Lord. I pray that they would lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I pray you'd give them prophetic words for their coworkers. I pray that you'd make them a difference in their neighborhoods and in their schools. Lord, I pray that you would provide for them and that they would never lack anything. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Lord, I pray that they would know exactly what you've made them to do, that their identities would be established in you, that they would sense what you've called them to do to be a blessing to the earth. Let them know their vocation, what they were made for, Lord. Let them, let them know what they were made for. Lord, I pray that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. In a world that can just suck the life right out of you. I pray the joy of the Lord would be their strength. Lord, I pray they would hear your voice all the days of their life. Lord, give them the grace to say yes to Jesus all the days of their lives. And Lord, I pray that the kingdom of God would be increased and multiplied in the earth because these disciples go out. Lord, I pray you'd make them missionaries. I pray, Lord, that everywhere they go, people would be swept up into the kingdom. I pray everywhere they go, they would have eyes to see what you're doing and ears to hear what you're saying and hearts to receive what it is you want them to do. Lord, I pray that you would make them fruitful. Lord, we pray for all of them. Lord, bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lord, lift your bright, smiling countenance upon them and grant them peace. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And church, I want to hear a big amen. Come on.